In today's episode of the Healthy and Wealthy podcast, we are joined by Fabio Bonanno, a men's health and performance coach. In today's episode, we really get into the mindset of what it is to be an exceptionally busy and potentially successful man in business and finance, but to be really, really struggling in terms of physical and mental health. We look at some of the fears that are really driving men and some of the struggles that they have in terms of communication and emotional vulnerability, as well as a lot of the physical aspects of what men need to do to really see a difference in both weight and muscle mass. And equally, what the social media pressures do to men as well as women when it comes to unrealistic imagery, mainly in the form of steroids and testosterone injections, uh, which uh, a lot of these uh, health and performance uh, insta-famous men are doing, but maybe not actually representing in the most honest way. So if you are looking for any help in your own health as a man, or if you know a man who is looking uh, for a little insight into what they need to be doing to see some changes, then today's episode is definitely for you. If you're a woman looking for weight loss, health, performance, or any help in terms of menopause, then please check us out thehealthandfitnesscoach.com. Enjoy today's episode. So as I said, we are joined by Fabio today and I'm so excited to have this chat because this is a slightly different episode for all of you. Rather than talking about women's health and the specifics of menopause, the female body, and all of those wonderful things that we spend our life uh, discussing on this show, we're actually going to be talking about your other half. So as I said in the introduction, Fabio is a performance and health coach uh, specifically working with men. So first of all, thank you so much for giving up some of your busy time to be with us today, Fabio. Thanks for hearing me. Hopefully I can give the listeners some value. Absolutely. So in terms of your work with men on t- in in health, energy, performance, their their life in general, what would you say? Because remember, the women listening here, we, we're not letting the men don't let us in on the struggles that they've got. So why don't you give us a bit of an overview of some of the general struggles that you see men having in their day to day lives at the moment? I think like. There's a big part of it that, that they, can, they can struggle with in general, depending on their upbringing, their family experience, their relationship with parents. And then that goes back to communication. So how do the parents communicate with them? Mm-hmm. And if that wasn't open, then that can show up when their parents and they have a wife and they don't communicate openly, potentially, because of insecurities and vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. And then when you've got a relationship and there's an expectation that's not been met, then that leads to people being upset. And that's just usually like a communication, either breakdown of communication, it's not being communicated well, mm. or it's just been misunderstood. It's not been communicated at all sometimes because there's an insecurity. And you would hope that like the ladies listen to this, like they've got that relationship and it's just something that always has to be worked on that, they can make the husband feel safe and actually open that up. Part of that is the husband's skill set, mindset, um, life experience to be able to do that and feel comfortable doing it. Mm. Some we've all got egos. Female clients have got egos. 
men probably have a kind of bigger relationship with the ego, which will then kind of cloud judgment almost in normal conversations. So sometimes it's just about kind of addressing that and like we can't get rid of it. It's not good or bad. It's just a thing that we, we manage and then our relationship with it based on our lifestyle is going to be like that's going to determine kind of your path and your direction. And if there's no alignment with the husband and the wife, then you can have that breakdown. There's animosity sometimes. One person's on a different path. And it doesn't have to be that. You can support each other, you know, but there usually has to be some form of alignment, you know, like how a female is going to get healthy with menopause is different than maybe how a 35-year-old, 50-year-old man, depending on how healthy or how bad he's been, is going to look. But there's a lot of crossover, you know, managing stress, doing your best to get good sleep. Like if you're busy, and busy is a definition or per- perception almost. Mm. Like your perception of busyness, you know, like if you ask somebody like, oh, are you busy? Like always busy. It's my most successful male clients, like they don't say busy, they're just because they've got a clear goal and they get the work done. So like that perception can affect things. But kind of going back to the question is like, big issues is just communication. I think really that's kind of the main thing. and. That's just having to improve that is just having better quality conversations. And for that to happen, sometimes it's or quite often actually, it's just getting either a network or outside help, but mm. good friends who's mm. brutally honest. Because I think if there's a predisposition or like a, an existing relationship, the boundaries that have been set or not set, mm. then that could be an issue. So that's kind of mm. like getting an ex- outside perspective can ask the questions that maybe they know need to be asked, but don't um, in a safer environment. And with the guys I work with, like I try and give them that environment like this, a little bit softer, potentially at times, sometimes harsh, but just kind of giving them that permission to just talk about their feelings, which is weird for some guys. And you can see it, (laughs) it's funny. You can actually just like, see their discomfort like or even hear it in their, their words and stuff or mm. they just don't want to fully elaborate and just as you as a coach hopefully you see it you kind of try and make them feel at ease and just never any judgment because it's better out than in because if you hold it in your body is going to feel weird and do weird things and uh, so is your brain and then that relationship like like i said with the insecurities you're mm. going to hold stuff back but it's almost always better to be fully open and honest absolutely and we see a lot of shifts in today's society in terms of how the masculine feminine dynamic is developing. So if we look at Gen Z, there is an awful lot more of a crossover. There's more of an acceptance, whether it's because of social media, whether it's because of the changing environment, um, you know, in terms of larger scale disasters, climate change, you know, this new generation seem to have more of an acceptance that there are these crossovers in how we communicate. It isn't that traditional you know, female, masculine, two-role kind of household. But with that being said, most of the women listening to this are in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Most of their partners will be in their 40s, 50s or beyond. And do you feel that with that generation or this particular age group that there is a 
lack of teaching to the men how to ask for help, how to communicate their feelings, because it wasn't something that they were brought up with. Most men who were, you know, children of, let's say, the 60s or 70s or even the 80s, man up. You know, boys will be boys. Don't cry. Get over it. There was a lot of uh, repression of how boys were allowed to express feelings. So do you see that with the men you work with actually asking for help and acknowledging that they can't do it all themselves is a struggle in itself? Well, it just it, it's all dependent on if somebody is coachable and the more successful ones are generally a bit more open with that. But as a whole, yeah, there is that societal kind of when you're talking about an age bracket, like I'd say, yeah, maybe like 40s now is kind of a little bit more aware. Their brain is kind of in a place as long as like it's you can always change. It's never too late. So even if you're in your 60s and you've just had one belief system and stuff, like you can still make a change. You just have to be willing to do it. Mm. But like as a generational thing, like 50s and definitely 60s, I see it with my parents. Like my dad's Italian, kind of grown up. Uh, there was kind of he was in the army when he was younger there's a lot of like and when you're in the army emotions can get you killed so it's like mm-hmm. very because it literally doesn't matter because if you like it will get you killed so i think that's just been held on to a little bit so moving forwards we're in a generation where i mean unfortunately there are some, still some wars but if you're like hopefully fortunate enough to listen to this podcast and you're in a good place and that doesn't affect you directly but most of the time like being emotional won't get you killed, but it might not get you success in the boardroom or like some of the guys I work with. Like, it, we talk about that and it's like they'll, they'll laugh, but they're open. They're on the coaching system and the deeper they go into the coaching program, they just see the benefit and open up. Hmm. But they'll laugh. It's like they know it. They won't say it sometimes. So I'll just like almost give them permission to say it. But like, yeah, you're in the boardroom. You feel like this because they tell me a lot of the time when they're on the phone to me, it's like that one hour of permission to be like, ah, oh, I'm allowed to swear in this podcast. Yeah, go for it. Like, <laughs> I feel like shit. Um, <laughs> I just don't know. I wanted to kind of clear the air. Feel like shit. Like, ah, oh, fucking stressed. Like, I'm overwhelmed. 400 emails. But like, but the targets still have to be hit. Or like mm-hmm. the the companies like yeah we're all about mental health support your physical health, but the numbers still have to be hit. And mm-hmm. like when you get to that, it's just like that's when it's like your emotions don't matter. But that it just comes back down to like that's a it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about culture, that could be like a societal thing, but also a culture in the work. And then even more refined a culture within yourself, and that goes back down to communication. And you can have a team like the outliers, the good clients that I've got, not like with my program. Um, but there's usually some personality traits that are like a crossover and like they'll be more open they'll empathize with their team they'll communicate clearly so that they have their goals the good ones that have a little bit of flexibility in their business and it, it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be a business it could be at home with three kids like what's your culture there and what's like what's the goal and it's like if you have a happy family then you have to communicate the negative how you feel because that's going to change how you act and if you're burying that you're going to hold resentment and then you're not going to communicate something and if that happens then there's a breakdown in a task if that's at home or in the border 
So I think like with the feelings and emotions, it's like we're we're definitely getting more aware of it. Mm. I've had 60-year-old parents, guys, that are just in a good place because they've they've been aware of it, you know, but they're like the outliers for sure, you know. Mm. Um and it's 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 a bit more rare. And it's this the the successful ones, they address their insecurities and that stuff. Like I think there's there's a balance because you can not let it control you, but it's like when you're addressing this stuff, you spoke about feminine and masculine energy. It can feel like you're talking about your feelings, which could be related to feminine energy. Mm. And if all you do as a man is talk about your feelings, you're going to miss that masculine energy. You're not going to like have that drive. Like maybe when you're depressed, it's just that's what's missing. You're just missing that. But mm. when you go to you're not going to have that drive if you don't know what you want. So then it might just be like you're all, all you're doing is talking about your feelings. And while that's good, like, is it useful? You know, mm-hmm. and if it's not helping you, then you have to change the approach. At the same time, like if you are aware and you're open about like the feminine energy, your feelings and things like that, but it's not serving you and you just bury it, then you go in, you end up fitting that mold of the old school. So yeah. it's just kind of finding your balance. It's almost like a pendulum, you know. You swing right masculine, you swing left feminine, and you find your range, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think extremes in anything aren't sustainable because it mm-hmm. introduces complexity. So, or if it is, then it's like you have to have a system. So I'm going to go extreme work mode for three months and just be like push, 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 push. But then you have to, again, it goes back down to communication, speak to your other half, speak to team, whoever that is, whether it's family, kids, business, and say, look, I'm going to go hard. We're not really going to talk about feelings because the job has to get done mm. but when we finish we're going to decompress take a break says what worked what didn't work you know like that sounds very like boardroom kind of clinical but mm. you can make that organic and kind of like a bit more open uh spiritual if you wanted you know okay so one of the biggest areas that i think both of us have seen you know in working with women and men respectively is that we operate in today's world from a very fear-based perspective. Everything is, we're afraid. We're afraid we won't be enough, afraid we won't be loved, afraid we won't have enough money in the bank, whatever it might be. And that tends to put us into a stressed reactionary state, and that leads to over-drinking, overeating, the wrong choices. So we all know that kind of cycle. But when it comes to the fears that men are dealing with what are some of the fundamental fears and i ask this on behalf of all womankind because they're never going to tell us we are usually if you listening right now are in a committed loving relationship you might have good communication you might talk you might have those open discussions but at the end of the day there is this prerogative this underlying belief still in today's society that men keep women safe whether it's from a physical perspective, from a financial perspective, you know, a lot of the women listening will have kids. I would most likely put this out there and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. You you guys like to send me messages and emails, so keep doing so. But most likely when those kids came along, it was the woman that took time off and she was dependent on the man to provide in many different ways. So often when men have these fears, they don't want to share them because they, from 
what I understand, are afraid that if they do, they will lose their sort of purpose, which is to keep the family safe. So what are some of the fears that the men are experiencing that you work with? Like specifically, a client last week, like one of them is just his freedom or lack of it. So it's an identity crisis almost. And mm-hmm. there's a certain level of autonomy as a single man and you can work and you can earn your money and you can do all that stuff. Then you get married. There's no kids at that point, whatever stage of relationship you're at. Mm-hmm. So to some extent, you can still do what you want. You include your wife, like you might date, you might do all that stuff. But there's no major responsibilities outside of a relationship. And then when you have kids, everything changes. Mm. And like one of my clients was just talking about like, he just wanted to do what he wanted. Not all the time. I mean, that's kind of how the conversation came out. And Mm. I just got clarity on that. But ultimately, it's just like, he just felt like he didn't have the freedom. It's it's just like, as a man, if you're looking to take on a male traditional role, that's just when it comes back to communication like if you've got a female who's got like that drive and that purpose and the male would want to stay at home and bring up the kid like that's cool as long as both are truly happy with it but how do you know that is if you're truly open with yourself honest with yourself Mm. who knows because we're always like i still find myself like telling myself stories and it's not about like questioning what's true from other people it's like questioning your own truths so like what you truly believe because sometimes there's stories that don't serve you so going back to like the, the male and female role, like, and the insecurities, mm-hmm. like a man would be generally want to provide, and it goes back to that masculine energy. I know personally, if I'm doing now, I'm quite open. You mentioned some guys are closed off. Like I'll just tell you all my feelings, not all the time, but I'm quite open because I think it helps. So when I work with guys, if I give a person experience that might be like that, then it might help them open up because well, if he's sharing it, then I might share it. You know, because it's important and it's like it might relate to them. And then if it relates to them, it's like, well, I'm not alone. Because I think a lot of guys, like they feel like they're alone. So then they just bury themselves in work because they think they have to provide. And then that's potentially a form of sedation and that can lead to other things. So I think like traditional roles and fears come hand in hand to some extent. But when you have one, two, three kids, like you want the best for them. You want to kind of have give them that life that you never had not that your life was bad it's just and if you're only going to remember like peak emotions so peak highs mm-hmm. and then peak lows so you re- relate back to those i don't want my kid to feel that and it does, almost doesn't matter what you do like you still end up messing up your kids to some extent like whether yep. it's your or not um there's i think it's paul philip larkin there's a, a poem called this be the verse and it's quite good you just google it but it's just like it starts off with they fuck you up your mum and dad you may not mean to but <laughs> With blah blah blah, and then it finishes off with like, yep. uh, I don't know if you want to have a good life, don't have kids. But obviously, he's joking, right? But um, so when it comes back to insecurities of men, like freedom is one, mm. not being good enough is another one. And where mm. did that come from? That just comes back to therapy. And like, look, do you want to ask that question? Do you want to pull that thread? Because asking the question brings up an answer, and often another question mm. and another one. And I think subconsciously, like a lot of men, like, they're aware of that path and that journey and it does like require a bit of energy and that might throw you off your peak and if you enjoy that high of like making money and like charging forward and stuff like that then that's cool but you also got to understand that like you might be covering something up and eventually you'll break at some point you know so like 
think like it's a good idea to take three months to a year. Like it doesn't have to be intense. You can just like chip away at it and still like perform and make your money and stuff like that. Maybe it's a day a week or an hour a week, but you just kind of ask yourself a few questions and like pull that thread. But I think a lot of guys are just they don't feel good enough subconsciously. Yeah. And f- from my experience, what I've noticed and like a lot of guys as well have actually verbalized this is is because they're looking for validation because he didn't get it at home from their dad. So then they're just little kids, basically, that haven't evolved. And they're little kids in adults' bodies with big bank accounts and big muscles. And that's it. But their brain and stuff is part of it, at least, is kind of still back then. And they're they're seeking that, you're good enough, son. Here's a cuddle. I love you. Like, cool. And then, like, once they have that, like, and some guys don't like admitting that because, like, even in it, it's like, ah, because I've told myself that, like, I've been crying on some of these coaching calls before, like, with other coaches and that. Um, Not, like, a blubbering, snotty mess, but a few tears. (laughs) So, like, I think it's just important to to open up, like, and just Mm -hmm. admit that, like, oh, yeah, you do need that. Because there's nothing wrong with needs, you know, and it's communicating that stuff. But, like, and you can get by without it, but it doesn't mean you still don't want it, you know? So, and that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting a cuddle, like, I've got a four-year-old and I was speaking to him. Uh, one of the guys, just uh, one of my mates, it's just somebody in the building I work, work in. He's like 50, I think, or forget, roughly in his early 50s. His kid's 13 years old. And we're just talking about giving our kids cuddles. He's like, I'm not a cuddler. Like, if he's sore, if he's in pain or, like, mm. he's upset, I'll give him a cuddle. He wakes up every day and gives me a cuddle. I'm like, oh, enjoy that cuddle because it's not going to last forever. And he's doing it because you've got a good relationship. So that's a good sign, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, I'll just, if my boy's watching the TV, just go and give him a cuddle and just tell him I love mm-hmm. him and that he's good enough. And you can't tell him enough because, I don't know, maybe I felt like I never got that as often as I would have liked. So I'm just going to tell my kid that. And just now he receives it. He gives me cuddles back. I love you too, Dad. And um, yeah, it's just great. So I'm like quite fortunate to develop that relationship. But, I, I want my boy to be a confident, strong man that can't like. And if I'm feeling sad, mm-hmm. we have to lead by example. Like if I'm feeling sad or off or I snap at him, it's like I still love you. Just because I've shouted at you doesn't mean you're a bad kid. Like mm-hmm. so, love you. So I think like as kids to develop like into a healthy adult, mm-hmm. that's important. But if you never had that, you have to kind of reparent yourself. So that's like a concept. And some of these guys like they just kind of get into the work aspect and. They think they can just push through, and they can't. You know, it just—it's nothing wrong with it. It just there's a little bit more depth to life that you can experience that makes it a bit mm. more comfortable and exciting and cool. But that comes with risk, and some of these guys in that financial world is like it's risk reward, and they're like, "Oh no, the reward of like feeling like safe and elated like isn't worth feeling like crap and being depressed." You know, mm. so it's just like it's a—it's a trade-off, isn't it? Like they have to ask themselves that question: What do they really want? And it just comes down to like communicating with themselves and just actually knowing what they want. Most guys don't actually know what they want, so that's why they might hold back in the relationship communication and stuff like that, or that insecurity clouds judgment, and you just end up with issues again. You know. Absolutely. So, from an emotional perspective, there's quite a lot there that you know we could continue to unpack for hours and hours and hours. But I also want to talk about some of the physical aspects because you work with men. Yes, from an internal perspective, just as, you know, I do with women. But at the end of the day, the men also want to see a change in their physique. 
of some description, whether it's weight loss, physique building, muscle building. There are lots of different ways that men's bodies can change. And I'm sure with each client, it's a unique and different approach because every single person's body and lifestyle is unique and different. But there are fundamentals. We all know that there are fundamentals. So could you give us a bit of an insight into some of the fundamentals that men need to be focusing on when it comes to both weight loss and also building muscle? Yeah, I don't want to jump in and be cliche straight away. I want to give like some insights that are Mm -hmm. important that aren't over, like that are overlooked, right? Mm Because yeah, you need to lift weights and you need to diet. I'm not going to, I'll go into detail in a little bit, but everyone knows that, you know, but that's the right thing to do. But how you're doing it is a different way. Mm. Outside of that, these guys know how to eat to Mm. some extent. They know how to work out to some extent, but they've got fat around the belly, around the love handles, the lower back, because their stress is high. And that could be lifestyle. It could just mm. be that working 14 hour days and they're just blasting themselves with caffeine, mm. potentially drinking with clients at night, like sometimes excessively, sometimes just frequently. So maybe one or two drinks. And they have a reference point sometimes that, well, it's not that bad because my mate drinks four drinks a night and I drink two. It's like, well, two is still a lot, but if you're comparing it to four, then you're going to think you're better, which goes back down to like telling yourself the truth. It's like, where, where's your where's your standards? So mm. For me, I want to like address lifestyle always. They still have to live their life. They still have to do client dinners. I'm all for drinking, like, but instead of asking what's wrong with drinking, it's not good for your body composition. Your body sees it as a toxin. Like, what's right with it? A lot of it is connection uh, mm-hmm. with guys speaking to them, like bonding, meal bonding, um, having a laugh, also disconnecting from stress. And I think like if you're doing a 14, 16 hour a day, like a glass of wine, bottle of beer is a quick exit to manage your stress but it's a band-aid on a wound you know it's not going to fix it and then like sleep so when we're looking at positive body composition so losing fat gaining muscle we have to lift weights and just touching on that twice a week is the minimum entry point um if you're doing it twice a week hit your full body lower body and upper body your time short make that supersets so it could be squats shoulder press I'm not going to go into specifics because I have to understand the person. There's kind of certain rules, as you said, but just make sure you're lifting heavy enough. You're not, inverted commas, changing up because you need to have some sort of consistency so you can track, make progress. So there's nuances there with how it feels. Like your technique has to get better over time so that Mm. you add more weight to the bar. You're not just crushing your joints and getting back pain, shoulder pain, knee pain, hip pain, Mm. whatever it is. So that has to be like quality work. And then you can layer on intensity with more weight, more reps, more sets, um, or more frequency, which is how many times a week you do it. Mm. And I would say like a minimum two times 30 minutes a week, you can kind of start to see results. Three times 30 to 45 minutes a week is kind of manageable for most. If you're looking to do the best, then I would say kind of, a sweet spot between recovery is like between three and four workouts a week of between 30 and 60 minutes, depending on time. Like part of that is mobility. So like you're not working out intensely for the full 60 minutes. Because again, it goes back to that stress profile. 
if the body doesn't know the difference between stress in the gym, checking 400 emails, having to meet a deadline, an argument at home, which sometimes is the biggest stressor, like depending on how emotionally sensitive they are, like that could really just eat them up inside. Um, if they love their wife, but they're just button heads all the time, like when your home life is a big part of that, you want to come home to a relaxing environment. If you're stressed in work and you're coming home to more stress, that has to be addressed. And I've had clients, like I think it was one coaching call last year, two years ago, like it was a fi- an hour coaching call in 55 minutes he was talking about his wife and how she was pissing him off and blah, blah. a lot of stuff, right? Personal yeah. stuff in this part. That wasn't our first coaching call, like that evolved. But then I had to ask the question, how often are you having sex with her? Oh, it's been months. Like, do you think that may be an issue? You know, maybe, because like, if you had to know, okay, yeah. Was it okay? You're going with the next week is when I have sex with her twice, and I'm like, that started something like great. And we almost never talked about his wife after that because she was just lacking connection on that part. Okay. Wife wants to feel loved, connected, sexual intimacy is a big part of that. So, going back to like the, the male body, like, I mean, that like that is another thing. It's a way of managing stress. If you connect with somebody, there's oxytocin when you cuddle after sex, like your stress levels go down, your dopamine mm-hmm. increases. If it's mutual, you're in a loving relationship, it's better. You're doing one night stand and you're cheating on your wife, like there's going to be shame and there's probably not probably not a positive thing. So I wouldn't recommend it. So that's the physical aspect. We have to manage the stress and it goes back down to sleep. So good quality nutrition. Mm-hmm. Don't eat too close to bed. Make sure you're having enough protein. And I I don't want to like beat a dead horse and go into crazy details because this is mm-hmm. this again, like with the emotions, we could speak for hours on specific mm-hmm. exercise protocols, nutrition. But try and eat whole protein whole unprocessed foods, whole protein sources, um, ideally organic, chicken, beef, eggs, fish, dairy, veg, fruit, minimize carbs if you're trying to get lean. Carbs aren't bad. Um, The more muscle you have, you can earn your carbs. So then I want my guys to be strong and fit so that their kind of calorie um, budget almost is high. So if you've got more muscle, you need more fuel. That comes in the form of calories. Mm-hmm. And it's going to give you more flexibility. So with these client lunches, dinners, they have more flexibility to have a dessert, to potentially have more of a drink, because their body, like you, don't want to look at it as just an equation, but it's like a bonfire. You could put on a rubber tire, and that tire is going to burn. But if you've got like a couple of twigs, you put on a rubber tire, the fire goes out. So in the mm-hmm. twig example, no muscle, high body fat. You can't use fuel, so any calories you take in is going to get stored as fat. You just want to make that fire. That metabolic furnace as big as possible mm. and some sort of stretch training is always going to help with that especially as men get older mm. 40s specifically 50s it gets harder testosterone drops so you want to start that process as early as possible while your hormones are not in a bad place and mm. like was the this eastern saying like the best time to start was 20 years ago the second best time is today so like with guys we want to slow down the detriment because it's going to happen no matter what and that's why I say no more than like four workouts a week because mm. it's hard to recover from. And if they've got a high stress job, what might be optimal on paper as a workout program is not optimal in real life. So we look to optimize instead of make optimal. Mm. Because, and again, it goes back to the goal. What's the goal? Okay, I want to be jacked. Right. How jacked do you want to be? Okay, if they give me like something like a movie star. These movie stars are spending six months and they're probably on some steroids, almost always on steroids, just to kind of give the listeners some sort of awareness um even if they promote health but 
most of them are on that because it's a it's a business decision, right? If that actor isn't in shape, steroids, as long as you have good coaching, you still need to focus on exercise, all this stuff we talked about. That's going to almost guarantee you be in shape. And a lot of these actors actually end up after the movie, like in a real bad way because they push the limits with steroids and stuff. So going back to kind of stress management and food, you have to make sure your food is optimised. Don't eat too heavy close to bed. Avoid alcohol close to bed. Mm. Even I'm going back to this, I've just spent two months researching testosterone and I can mm. see why people spend two decades doing it and still don't know enough. Is it all gets linked together? Stress is inversely related to testosterone. Testosterone male hormone helps with drive. Sometimes if you get low dist- testosterone, like you end up depressed. So people think like, oh, I'm depressed, I can't get out of it. Sometimes you can't think yourself out of that. It's just a bl- it's either a, a blood thing or you're just you're missing a few things with the weight training and diet. Mm-hmm. And then sleep is a form of torture. So it's like a form of sleep deprivation is a form of torture. So some of these guys are unintentionally torturing themselves just because they can get by. They're not thriving. Mm-hmm. And there's research, I forget the, the length of the study, but eight or 16 weeks um, between a group that slept five and a half hours, another group that slept eight and a half hours a night. Mm-hmm. And they both lost the same amount of weight. I think it was eight kilos or eight pounds. And the group that slept less, they lost like half the body fat and double the muscle. So it meant that the group that slept more, like you're going to lose a little bit of muscle when you diet. It's almost Mm. impossible not to. You just want to maintain as much of that as you can, which is where we have to optimize hormones. And Mm. I'm sorry to the listeners if I'm going off on one and it's confusing. So the sleep is where that comes in. You sleep mm. better. It's like a like if you could take eight and a half hours sleep as a supplement, it would be better than infants available in the market. You know, so that's kind of like sure. lifestyle factors. We have to look at your life and look for pockets of space that you can manage stress. Make sure you're sleeping well. That comes into a few things: caffeine intake, alcohol intake, food close to bed, personal stress, and stress often isn't the stressor itself; it's how you perceive the stress. Mm-hmm. change how you look at it if it's something out of your control you can be like, okay i can't control that you kind of relieve all responsibility mm-hmm. lower stress higher testosterone and your life's better just with a perception so if you see it differently you act differently if you act differently you get different results you get mm-hmm. different results you get a better life all by just changing the lens that you're looking at stuff through so we just want to always be specific with their lifestyle what is their mm-hmm. responsibility a lot of the time it's family. I want to be a good mm. husband. I want to be a good dad. I want to make money. My business is important to me. Okay, my health is important to me. Some people with spirituality, they're religious. And I support whatever um, their goals are. Mm-hmm. And if I see there's a gap and they're just, it doesn't make sense, I'll have to ask that question. And come down mm. to it, come back to communication and clarity on what they want. Because yeah. you can tell sometimes when people are just telling themselves a story. And then that's like, so that's the main things. like. It would be getting jacked, so lifting weights, like progressing that over time, like making sure your technique's solid. Then good quality protein sources. Don't overly fast. So fasting is super important. It can be beneficial, but some guys just push you too hard. Having too little calories can decrease your testosterone. Lower testosterone means lower muscle. Lower muscle means lower calorie budget, and you just end up like in this downward spiral. And then that's another stressor. And if you're too stressed, that's going to affect your work. It's going to affect how you show up at home. It's going to affect how you sleep. And then if your sleep's affected, that's going to affect muscle mass, testosterone. So it's like, it's a big complex system, but mm. it's simple. You know, manage your stress, lift heavy for what you can manage and eat well. Okay. So there's a lot of interlinking factors there. 
And there's a couple of things that I want to pull out from what you said. The first, the movie stars on steroids. Now, in today's society, there is a really high awareness, I think, to a point of women using filters on social media. So this has been probably for the last 10 years building this knowledge by the general public that what you see on, let's say, Instagram isn't always the truth. Now, I I think with the launch and the increase in technique and skill of AI creators, there's a whole nother ballgame because, you know, women are saying, hey, I want to have a waist like this. Well, that's AI. Oh, I want to have a hair color like this at a hairdresser's. You can't. That's AI. So there's a whole nother progressional generation now where it's not filters. It's actual artificial intelligence creating these looks. But I think from a female perspective, there is more of an awareness that that is happening. From a male perspective, would you say that there is the same... um, pressure of unrealistic or steroid driven or AI driven images on social media creating essentially unrealistic looks that men are aspiring to or is that less common? I think it's a bit less common like some of the guys I come across are a bit older so once you have kids you give less of a shit about like being jacked on the beach because that's not going to pull you out of bed in the morning like when you've got family, kids and a business Mm -hmm. that's like purpose driven business. But people still want to look good. And I think, like, I spoke to my, my partner yesterday about this. is like people can push it too far. Right? There's AI, even talking about AI, there's some sort of AI model. And it was months ago I seen her, but she's got hundreds of thousands of followers and she's not even a real person on Instagram. Pink hair or something like that. Just wow. Um, but, yeah, like, what's true? Because there's even some of the top physique people you can see the Photoshop they've got in their waist. Mm-hmm. And... Look, like, the way I look at it is there's a balance because nothing great happened just by accepting your life, right? Mm. Successful people just never accept a no for an answer. They're not more talented. They just have more resilience. Mm. But now I was speaking to somebody yesterday about it. We're both into motorbikes, right? Mm-hmm. You can save a few grams here and there by changing the bolts on your motorbike, right? Okay. I'm, going to, I'm not going to try and get too technical. I just found this like because <laughs> so if there's any guys, but so a bike weighs about 200 kilos roughly, right? Okay. You see, 500 grams by changing the bolts. You've got a 95 kilo rider like myself versus somebody who's 60 kilos. Somebody's focusing on the bolts, but they can say 500 grams, but they're still 35 kilos heavier than a 60 kilo person. Yeah. When we're talking about weight training and stuff, it's like you can be like, I want to look like this actor. Or female, I want to look at this. You can focus on the bolts in the bike case or the technique or like the supplement that whatever. Mm. You're still 35 kilos off in the weight example. So you can optimize, but you're never going to be the 60 kilo person. It's just not within your potential. Mm-hmm. And that's just the genetic cards you've been dealt. Mm-hmm. Part of it, like I said, is not accepting those cards to some extent. Mm. Genetically, I think I've been gifted like looked okay in the past I've had photo shoots all that stuff but I also understand human body how to move body parts to maximize them like you can't change like where your bicep starts and finishes so if somebody's like I want my arm to look like that but their bicep is like I don't know it starts on the other side of their arm I don't want to get too complex with that 
can't do it. It's never going to look like that. But you can change like the the shape, not even the shape, but like how your bicep looks by doing specific exercises. Mm-hmm. So the thing that with guys, steroids is like the filters and potentially yeah. the fillers that females are getting, right? Because if we look to artificially not talking about technology here, but like physically enhance the body, females might get bum implants, they might get boob implants, they might get facial fillers. And it's like guys will start steroids just mm. to give like a reference point. So females might start with a little bit of a lip injection, right? But bo- mm-hmm. is it Botox or fillers? I forget the specific, but Botox is forehead and stuff. Yeah, Botox is wrinkles and those kind of things. So all yeah. good. Like all good. And it's a personal preference. There's no like mm-hmm. there's never any judgment on that. Like if you like how you look, but sometimes people just it goes too far. They get one mil in their lips. I was speaking to my partner again, but they say she gave in a sick then like three or four mil in her face, then their forehead. And basically their face is just like is like this kind of like artificial face that's been stuck on their yeah. actual face. It's like had these bits pulled out. Guys, when you start steroids, it's like a steroid cycle is like a certain level of testosterone hormone. There's loads of other ones. Okay. I've I've been interested in doing it, but I understand my personality type and I've never touched it because I would start off the female version of just getting my lips done. And, and then, then I would get my nose done, my forehead. And the steroid cycle of that is like, so testosterone replacement therapy can be anything from 125 to 250 mil a week. Mm-hmm. A good first cycle, that's that's just for general health. If you've got clinically low testosterone, you go to the doctor. First kind of steroid cycle for performance and more muscle people will do it would be 500 mil milligrams mm-hmm. per week, maybe for eight to 12 weeks. If you're sensible, you'll come off that and you might do another one. Some people just stay on it and then they end up not being able to have kids. And, but then that 500 mil goes, well, I'm going to go for a thousand. And then you think they're going to get double the muscle, but they get double the risk and they get a third of the muscle so mm. it's risk reward again and then it just ends up like a male body that's just unhealthy and just looks a bit it doesn't look natural as in a woman like because they can get some work done a little bit of botox and fillers look natural and look beautiful and all that stuff mm. but if they push it too far we've seen like the actresses mm-hmm. um that have just their face don't move and it's just like it just doesn't look right whether they think that looks good or not, that's just an opinion. But like sometimes, like mm. with anything, there's a balance. I personally think people should just own their stuff, and that's a lot more in a female's perspective, sexy, and the man's perspective, alpha, stronger. Like because man, you can't like you can change the shape of your face by putting fillers. You can change the shape of your body by pec implants mm. or whatever. But I think like with if we go back to kind of feeling good and just. There's a lot of dopamine, right? And dopamine is is when it's earned and you chase, and this is, again, going back to the testosterone research I've done, like challenge, struggle, origin, like achieving big goals over a long period of time. And yeah. you've avoided short-term pleasure. So testosterone, because you can put on eight kilos of muscle in eight weeks instead of eight kilos of muscle in two years. Mm. Like that eight weeks is not going to last unless you keep on taking testosterone. But if you get it in two years, that's going to last 20 years. You know, yeah. so like there's more ownership on that. You're going to feel good, better for longer. You've been honest with yourself. But there's also nothing wrong with the testosterone in eight weeks, as long as you know what you're doing and you're honest with yourself why you're doing it. You know, because it's like, yeah, it does shortcut things, but most people jump on testosterone before dealing with the stuff I talked about earlier on. Stress, mm. sleep, diet. Because when somebody sees somebody jacked up on testosterone, he only looks like that because of gear, testosterone. 
Mm. No, he doesn't only look at that because of testosterone. He looks at that because of stress management, mm-hmm. sleep, diet, exercise, technique, progressive overload. He's done testosterone, and that's given him the extra five to ten kilos of muscle. But the rest of the stuff is the exact same. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I considered it is because you can train hard and you're just super tired. It's going to get in the way of your work, your family. And then what's the goal? To be mm-hmm. jacked and just be an asshole to your kids and just very unproductive. But you can do amazing. So like, I think I've added 10, 15 years to my natural testosterone life. And I'll consider testosterone replacement therapy if I'm clinically low. But that's probably going to be in my 50s. And I'm 37 now. So like some people jump on it in their 30s. Mm. And they've just shortcutted themselves 20 years because they've not been willing to put in that work, unfortunately. And it's it's hard work, but it's just like investing or a relationship. Like you just keep at it and don't stop. Like you're never going to lose. Yeah. You know, you'll win eventually. That's that's kind of the perspective I like to take, and just makes it easier to to accept like the the path and just try and enjoy it along the way. Because so many people just end up so obsessed with hitting the goal, they lose the enjoyment in the process, and they lose mm. the relationship with life. I, like I'm saying this, and it sounds great, like but we're all still working on it. I'm still working on it. Relationship with yeah. myself, my partner, fiance, my kids, my business. And it's just finding that balance and. If it was easy, we'd have a blueprint to life and there'd be a book on it and it would be the only book everyone would need to read. But Absolutely. That way, unfortunately, did they? <laughs> so I think that is a really fantastic note to end on because essentially what you're saying is rather than looking for the magic pill, the shortcut, rather than, you know, from the female perspective, taking the, I don't know, the Ozempic, right? The the weight loss jab, whatever it might be. It's about putting in the fundamental foundations because unless you want to be reliant on an injection, a pill or a shortcut, which A, huge risk to health, B, huge financial output, and C, absolutely no reward, no effort, no real dopamine hit from that so unless you put in the foundations those really small little additional touches that's not what you you don't want to be focusing on the bolts you want to be focusing on you know the the weight difference the bike etc and i think again what you said about the bicep i think is a really nice analogy in the sense that don't try and look like somebody else just try and be the best version of you you will never be able to replicate another human being or compare yourself in that way so as long as you're focusing on you and you alone then you're going to be on the right path that's that's the hard part of social media because mm. we end up doom scrolling and it's like the comparison yeah. is the joy but i think like as a perspective that i've learned a lot um mm. my most successful clients a lot of them invest and it's everyone wants to get rich quick scheme what's the Bitcoin or like the next money making thing that's going to like the unicorn company that 10x is in a year or whatever the timeline is. Like these guys, there's no secret. They show up every day, they put in the work, they learn, they understand. Like if you look at a, a money curve, like a graph, it goes down as well as up. If you look at weight loss graph, it goes up as well as down. Mm-hmm. Like we're not looking for a straight line down. And it's like mm-hmm. if you understand that, then when a low comes, you just go, oh, it's cool. As long as I keep going. Mm. use it as a lesson I'll, I'll be fine and when you own it and this is the other thing is what like people with money cannot buy their health they cannot but like they want to and they'll have all the gear and no idea which is a saying i love because they'll spend 
oh, two and a half grand on a Peloton and they're not fit. Or they'll spend three grand on like a home workout bench that's got dumbbells and stuff that go up to whatever weight and they're not strong and their body looks soft. Or they'll spend three grand. One of my clients used to spend two and a half grand a month on supplements, dollars, and he looked like shit. We got him on a fifth of that and doing less and he looked 10 times better. So sometimes it's just, you can't pay your way out of a problem. You have to earn it. And that's hard work. That's ultimately knowing what you want. And then the hard work becomes easy. And you're happy to put in that time because you're going to enjoy the journey, have cool relationships with yourself, with your family, with maybe new new people on that journey as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to give us all a bit of an insight from the male perspective into, you know, both the emotional and physical side of uh, male health and what you do. And as ever, if you are looking for help for yourself, if you are uh, one of our few gentlemen listeners, or more likely if your husband, partner, son, dad, anybody at all in your life needs help in uh, their health, whether it's weight loss, muscle building, emotional or mental, make sure to check out the details of this episode. Fabio is one of our affiliates. He is the man who I send all men to. So make sure you check him out, check out his website, uh, pop in an email um, or send him a message on social media. So thank you to everybody for listening today. And thank you to Fabio for giving up his time to be with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Absolutely. And I will see you all on the next episode of the Healthy and Wealthy podcast. See you later. Bye.